you've reached the voicemail of Science Telephone. Our mailbox is currently full, as Jesse's mom has left too many messages for him and refuses to send a text. You are now being redirected to the show. Hey, hey, I am Jesse Lupini, and this is Science Telephone. Today, we're going to hear a real-life, actual, physical scientist tell one of our very funny guests about their actual research. Then, that guest will have to explain it as if they are the expert to our next guest, and so on and so forth. You'll figure it out really quickly, and it's going to be a really fun time. So, without any further ado, I am very pleased to introduce our real-life scientist. I just realized, Julie, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I often go by Julie D. or Julie Dimitrovich. Julie Dimitrovich or Julie D. Okay, thanks for joining us, Julie. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Julie and I actually used to work together back in what? What was it like? Twenty ten? Um. Yep. Ten years ago. That's right. Yeah. So we were instructors at Science Venture, which is mm-hmm. a science summer camp for kids at UVic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can't believe they let us teach children back I then. I know, but. exactly. And I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but I the first time I met you, I said that you reminded me of Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> and you said it was the best compliment you've ever received. You're welcome. I stand by that. I think to this day, I have not received a better compliment than that. <laughs> okay, so Julie, where are you right now? Um, so I'm currently in Cambridge in the UK, in England. Right. So I see you, you're you uh, drinking some wine. What time is yeah. it there? It's 9.30 p.m., fake Friday. Hop, uh, we have a long weekend, the first one since Christmas. Very excited about that. Yes, I, I imagine you don't have any super big long weekend plans. No, but the sun has been shining and we have a garden that gets the sun, so... That will be my plan. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious. Did you always know you wanted to get into science since you were a kid or is this something you figured out later? Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's something I've thought about a lot that I don't really have an answer to. I think I liked science always and it was kind of the career path that I wanted to take, but never having a fixed idea of what that would be. Um, so just kind of gradually as I went through high school, took science classes, then in university, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into science and then eventually went into biology. And then I finished that. I was like, okay, let's keep doing this. I like it. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear about exactly what you're doing, which we'll find out in a moment. Mm-hmm. So it's time to call up our first comic. We're going to dial her in now. Hello. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the show. It's Christine Bordelin. Hey, thank you for having me back. Yeah. How are you doing? What's new with you? I'm doing great. Nothing is new. Um, I've transferred from tea. Uh, I mean, transferred to tea from coffee Why? to try to, um, I just thought in this time, maybe I should, uh, try to wean myself off of so much caffeine since I'm just like lazing around all the time. Are you, are you drinking more tea though than you were coffee? Yeah, I feel psychotic right now <laughs> because i had like four of them which equals more than coffee I yeah think. i think maybe we need to do the math and figure out at what point you break even yeah i should have really thought about math um before <laughs> this endeavor <laughs> how about you two what are you up to <laughs> <laughs> just you know like staying inside uh yeah it's been a lot of staying inside and then like venturing out for like once in a while for a couple of necessities <laughs> Feels good to get air from outside, hey? Yeah. Totally. There's a difference. I miss the Vancouver air. It's good stuff. Guys are mm. lucky. It, 
It is. I definitely like the air in Vancouver is mwah, it's so good. <laughs> and I'll talk about it for a lot, a long time. <laughs> We're obsessed. People, I can talk at length about <laughs> weather. <laughs> I love it. People don't believe it when they like visit Vancouver from other places. They're like, you treat the weather like small talk items as like big, serious conversation mm-hmm. topics. Yeah. Sure. Like, like we'll all have like like a four person complicated discussion just about like how good the sea air smells. <laughs> that is good. I love it. OK, so let, let's let's dive into uh, to okay. our first round of telephone here. So, okay. Julie, you're going to have one minute to explain your research to Christine. And then you'll have uh, and then you'll have another couple of minutes to answer any questions that she has about it. And Julie, remember to explain as if you're talking to a colleague. So don't let Christine off the hook by dumbing it down at all. (laughs) Any questions before we get going? Um, Nope, not on my end. Okay, awesome. Let's do it. I'm just going to quickly set my timer here. Okay, I may go over a minute. Who knows? We'll see. I'm going to I'm going to cut you off around a minute. I'll give you like a. A couple seconds of grace period, but try try and keep it to a minute. Sounds I'll hold good. up my phone when we're getting close. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. And here we go. Okay. Hi there. So I'm Julie Dimitrovich, and I'm a researcher at the Vancouver Aquarium studying microplastics in the bivalve Mytilus edulis. And I'm trying to decipher the accumulation rate and effects of microplastics in this marine organism. And I've been doing that by completing a field experiment where I went out and put about 16,000 mussels into 12 different locations to try and understand the temporal and spatial changes in uh, accumulation rates over time. And then I also completed a uh, lab experiment where I manually fed microplastics to these individuals to try and ascertain their accumulation rates over time. Um, And I did that by collecting their pseudofeces and then their feces and digesting those in the lab. And I did a manual count of the microplastics that were ingested. And then I also ran them through the Fourier transform infrared spectrometer to try and decipher which plastics, uh, what type of plastics they were, basically. Um, and okay, and that's time. That's what I did. Um, okay, <laughs> took two and a half years. <laughs> All right, nice job. So, Whoa. how are you doing, Christine? <laughs> that was intense. My pen stopped working halfway through, <laughs> and uh, notes. I had a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Okay, I, feel, I have some questions. <laughs> good. good. I'm glad. I'm happy to chat about it. That was uh, all-encompassing for quite a few years. So, you know, please let me talk to you about it. <laughs> um, so wait, so it's, so is it just muscles or do you do other, uh, do you look at other uh, things? What's it, what is a muscle? Is it an animal? Yes. So it's okay. uh, blue muscles. I only looked at the one species um, and they're oh, cool. actually grown. They're what you eat. Um, so they're farmed um, in aquaculture Ooh. farms on the BC coast. Um, so I was able to get my muscles from like a local farm in um, Powell River. And muscles are marine invertebrates. So they they are animals. They have no backbone. They filter feed. They don't have any brains. Um, they, they, they're really cool, actually. But yeah. <laughs> did they give you a discount because it was for science and not for eating? They sure did. They gave them to us for free. <laughs> Whoa, nice. So that's what I have to say. Yeah. And and the muscles took um, the float plane over 
Like they had a they had a nice ride. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At, at some wow. point, so we had to like transfer them over from the island to the lab in Vancouver, and it was in winter, and we couldn't get them by ferry fast enough. So we shipped them on through like Harbor Air. Yeah, I didn't okay, get so- on Harbor Air, but the muscles did. But the muscles did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope they enjoyed the view. Do they have eyes? Do they have eyes? Uh, no, they cannot see you coming. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Um, where did you get the microplastic? Oh, did okay. You make it? So, uh, so where did we get them? That was a challenge because first we were trying to figure out what microplastics were coming um, to, into the muscles through the ocean, which is obviously they're all different shapes and sizes. But then to run like an experiment where you could compare your results, we wanted to have like a standardized set of microplastics that we would feed them. Um, but you could basically only buy little spheres um, that were certain sizes and like the different types of polymers. Um, so different types of plastics. And then we ended up taking fleece Uh, like a fleece blanket to get microfibers, which are like little strings of plastic and um, shredding them apart. And we individually counted like numbers of uh, plastic in known quantities of three different concentrations and put them into a vial and then put that vial into the into the tank with the muscles. How many did you count in the end? There was like one that had around 130 um, then I think it was like 70 and then 60. Yeah. So it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> so we, and we had got, to pipette them. A... Oh, you Anyways. could pet them? No, we, we used a pipette to pick them up. So it was like oh. sucking it up one at a time. We've got, we've got to move on to that extra. So, uh, Christine, okay. were you going to ask what, what are microplastics? or No, I was going to ask what is pseudo feces? Oh, good question. Fake poop. Um, so basically... Okay. They spit out, like they reject food um, that they inject, that they bring into their shell, but they don't actually ingest. So they spit okay. it out. It's like fluffy. Oh. Yeah. All right. That's all the time we've got for questions. Uh, thanks, okay. Julie. That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to call you back in when we get to the last round, okay? Yeah, cool. Thanks so much. Okay, well, see you Thank soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay. <laughs> so we need your scientist name Okay, now. my scientist name is Dr. Miranda Tort but otherwise known as Mother Science. Okay, Dr. Miranda Tort. Let me write that down. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, <laughs> well, in that case, let's call up our next guest. Nice. Wow, you have a lovely kitchen. Thank you. It's my whole mm-hmm. apartment. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Good. It's his first time on the show. We've got Tim Carlson with us. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. T- Tim, you sound so good on that microphone. I, you know, I invested early. I'm an early investor in good microphones. So have you been recording ASMR for people? Uh, yeah, I'm really trying to get into the scene. Um, Ugh. Because I think there's a lot of potential uh, out there. It's but so not, sexual. Yeah, it's yeah, not a sex chills. thing. No, don't it is. listen to what anyone says. It's not a sex thing. <laughs> but it also kind of is, right? It's for sure a sex thing. Um, <laughs> and anyone who says it isn't is lying. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Sorry to all the ASMR people I just offended. <laughs> yeah, you're, we're going to have like ASMR Twitter come after oh, us. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, it's great. But there's also some like, why are you it's, wearing so much makeup in this YouTube yeah. video for it's ASMR? It's cool that it's a sex thing. It's cool. Yeah. That's no kink shaming. So, uh, Tim, I, I want yes. to introduce you to our scientist today. We have Dr. Miranda Tort with us, uh-huh. uh, who Hello? also goes by Mother Science. Oh, wow. Okay. You can call me Mother if you'd like. Um, okay. I will. Welcome. Uh, D- Dr. Tort, uh, what, what first um, got you into biology? Mm. The first thing that got me into biology was I was born 
And when I was born, I looked around the room and I thought, how did this happen? Wow. And that's when I, I feel like that's when I became a biologist for the first time. I looked at the blood and uh, gut stuff on me and I thought, this is what I want to dig my hands into for the rest of my life. I am not done Sorry. getting inside the body. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. Well, um, let's find out a little bit more about what you actually do. You're going to have uh, one minute to explain your research, Dr. Tort, right. And then Tim is going to have uh, a couple minutes to ask you some questions, uh, just to clarify any details that get missed the first time around. So All I'm right. going to start the timer in just a moment. Okay. So here we go. Everyone ready? Mm. All right. So I, I do research with microplastics and the bivalve um, and what the uh, effects of microplastics are in an aquarium. This could be a public or a private aquarium, whatever works best for you. A lot of my research has been done with mussels that I uh, dropped into different locations. Uh, these are blue mussels, the type that you eat, but I did not eat them. Um, but I did collect their poo. So there was a food thing there. Um, yeah, just to, to see how how many plastics get inside these mussels. Um, and yeah, then I so I, I collect their uh, pseudo feces and feces and then I ingested them in the lab. I um, I put them in the lab and uh, I, you know, uh, boiled them down and then uh, brought them back up just to see how many plastics were inside of them. Uh, yeah, I used a fleece blanket. <laughs> Um, cause I, when I couldn't get the spheres, the plastic spheres I needed, I just used a blanket. I just ripped it up and I put it inside of a muscle. Okay. And that's time. Um, okay. Well, thank you, mother, um, mother science. Uh, you were talking about bivalves. Um, do you have any other favorite bivalves other than the muscle? Oh yes. Um, I love, a, I love a good clam. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to eat, I hate researching clams. I think they're fakes, but I do love to eat them. Okay. Um, limp limpids. That's another thing. Those are those ones that just suck on a rock. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're on an adventure show where you just get thrown on an Island, look for those. You can feed on those for a while, but they taste gross, but they will keep you alive. Okay. And, um, do you think that your research on microplastics, uh, is applicable to the larger, um, kind of adventure show audience? Is Absolutely. That... Absolutely. Because if you're on an adventure show and you're eating a bunch of mussels, because that's all you can get your hands on, you got to make sure you're not just eating plastic. Right. Cause I'll tell you these, these mussels, if they eat enough plastic, they turn plastic. Really? From the inside out. They yeah, turn they plastic just from the... Okay. Re they regenerate plastic. Wow. Um, I had one, a uh, couple more things. Um, I just want to circle back to the pseudo-feces. Yeah, um, great question. I'm just trying to get a handle on what is the sort of makeup and uh, difference between pseudo-feces and regular feces. If you could just list Absolutely. Basic basically, it's like um, when you take a poo out of your mouth, <laughs> so vomit. <laughs> it's fluffy. Um, much like the fleece blanket that I used at first, we thought, oh no, is this just more of the fleece blanket coming up? But no, 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 it is pseudo feces. That's why it's pseudo feces. That's poo that comes out of your mouth, um, out of a muscle's mouth. Right. Of course, not my mouth. Yeah. I mean, whatever I do in my private time is my business. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and also these fleece blankets, where are you sourcing these? Are these, um, uh, it was from the Bay. <laughs> okay. And any specific pattern that you found that the muscles preferred? Oh, um, they really liked a good plaid. 
Mm. I'd say plaid mm-hmm. was very popular. Um, they liked horizontal stripes, wouldn't eat, wouldn't touch the vertical stripes. Right. And do you have any reservations uh, about the ethics of feeding plastics, microplastics in the form of, uh, of fleece blankets to these mussels? No, they love it. They love it. And they're cold. They're it, in the ocean. They do love it. Is it like junk food for them? I would say it's like a warm blanket, warming them up from the inside out. Okay. Except when they eat too much plastic and they turn it into plastic. Into plastic. <laughs> Dr. Tort, I, I have a quick question mm-hmm. for you. Um, mm-hmm. How do you tell the difference between the butt and the mouth of a bivalve? Mm-hmm. Um, whichever end has lipstick on. Now, do all muscles or is it, are they sort of... Uh, do they adhere to a strict gender binary or is that they all wear lipstick? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. That's very that's progressive. That's the only way. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's all the time we've got for questions. Uh, thank we've you dry lips. so much, Dr. Tort. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to express my interests and my work. Well, we really appreciate your contribution. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Tort. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll let you go now and um, we'll, uh, we'll call you back later. I rated you. Great. Thank you so much. okay oh man so you got all that right yeah of course of course okay um i just need your scientist name for the next round uh my scientist name is dr steve kiwi (laughs) dr steve Steve kiwi kiwi are you um Uh, are you uh from new zealand uh, uh my parents are i am canadian and proud of it okay excellent well let's call in our final guest here anything else i should know about dr kiwi uh dr steve kiwi uh is a passionate uh bivalve (laughs) photographer i can spend days underwater with them getting every moment i can (laughs) their most intimate times just living amongst the bivalves Mm -hmm. and i fashioned a special suit to adhere me to the rocks it's a large, I sort of have to, I, I've had to work to get the flexibility I need to stretch my legs in a sort of, uh, into the suction cup part of my suit, <laughs> but it's worth it. I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world. It sounds like a little bit uncomfortable, like being suction cups to a rock. I think all science is a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's right if it's a little uncomfortable. Oh my God. Not too uncomfortable, then it's wrong. But if it's a little bit uncomfortable, you know you're you're getting somewhere. Do you, did it take you a while to like figure out what that sweet spot was between two and not? Of not course, uncomfortable. I wrecked a number of colonies <laughs> that I'm not proud of. <laughs> ah, okay, I can. Okay, here I am. I can hear you both. Right? Oh, hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. W- welcome back to the show. He's a man with a plan. It's Ryan Beal. Hello. Um, Ryan, you've been doing like Zoom improv now uh, with the Sunday service for the last few weeks. What is that like to be inside of? I know what it's like to watch, but um, I think it's it's been an interesting transition. Um, I guess the hardest thing is having no one there to gauge whether you're saying something funny or not. Uh, sometimes you make the people you're Zoom improvising with laugh, but that could be because you said something not funny <laughs> and they're laughing at you being not funny. So it's very hard to gauge um, if you're going the right direction. But every time I watch it afterwards, it's always like, oh, it's fun to watch. It's just can be a little bit. We're still figuring it out when you do it. Definitely. I, I've definitely found it really fun to watch. I, do you have like impulses that you're aware of that you tend to like go off on if you don't have audience feedback no not necessarily that's just always like um 
in the back of my mind, it's uh, you can't really get that little little voice out of the back of your head, like because there's no laughter there to tell you to tell your voice to be quiet. So the voice is like, you're still not funny. You're being very unfunny. <laughs> well, I think it's been pretty funny so far. I've been enjoying that. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Ryan, I'm really excited to introduce you to our scientist today. Um, on the call, we have Dr. Steve Kiwi with us. Steve Kiwi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, I expect you to be from New Zealand. Uh, you know, I get that a lot. And as I mm-hmm. told Jesse, my parents are from New Zealand, but I am a Canadian and I'm proud of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I don't want to have okay. any more questions about New Zealand. Let's stick to the science, please. Well, I want to find out all about your research. Um, so I'm going to start the timer in a moment, and you're going to have uh, one minute to explain your research to Ryan. Of course. Then you'll have a couple minutes to ask you some questions. Okay. Fantastic. All right. So I'm going to start the timer uh, in just a moment, and I'm going to hold up my hand when you've got like 10, 15 seconds left. Uh, here we go, and let's begin. I uh, study the effects of microplastics on the bivalve community, specifically the blue mussel. And my research has taken me uh, down to the depths where I live with them. uh, And I feed them by hand um, microplastics, that uh, some that are just free floating, and then others that I cultivate through fleece blankets that I source uh, and uh, study the effects that that takes on the blue mussels by studying their feces and pseudo feces which of course is uh when you <laughs> when you poop out of your mouth <laughs> that pseudo feces <laughs> oh, sorry it never ceases to be funny to me look <laughs> okay. you have to find the joy in your work and yes <laughs> yes, yes. For me, that's pseudofeces. Yes, yes that's pseudofeces. It comes out of the mouth. <laughs> so, uh, looking at, at studying those microplastics, I can see how it affects the. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it. Yes, but pseudo, pseudofeces. And the effects that it takes on the blue muscle. And in fact, uh, we're finding in the research that it's turning a lot lot of them into plastic uh, muscles. They're just turning right to plastic. Okay. And that's our time. Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it my time to ask questions? Yes, it is. Because I'm going right to pseudo feces. So pseudo feces <laughs> is poop that comes out of his every, if every animal can have pseudo feces, or is that unique to bivalves? Ryan, please. <laughs> okay. It feels like you're making fun of it. Not, of course, no, not every species can uh, excrete pseudo feces. Uh, most, uh, most mammals. Yeah. Um, except for the horse. A horse cannot excrete pseudo feces from the mouth that's interesting i thought they'd be experts on it well uh, define what a bivalve is what's a bivalve and give me of course a bunch of examples a bivalve is a uh, gooey animal (laughs) that resides within a hard shell uh often uh Mm. the gooey inside is uh referred to as the tasty bits Um, some Mm. bivalves have long um tubey parts (laughs) that extend out uh and generally they are a um it's a one track system um all bivalves with the exception uh, exception of course of the uh the limpet the common limpet um 
are a one track system. The limpet has three tracks. Limpet, okay. Uh, and why the blue muscle? Why do you focus on the blue muscles? What's so important about them? Uh, I find the, uh, them fascinating as a highly invasive species. I yeah. Uh, I see myself as a and bit of... repeat what you hmm? said about the fleece blankets. Do you use that to collect poop? Uh, yes. I, well, I don't use it to collect poop. I use it to create poop within them. Uh, it's actually... Uh, that's what I study within the poop. Right. So I'm not just feeding the plastic, but I want to see how it goes through their one-track system and comes out the other end. And if they are, in fact, absorbing it, uh, which we're finding a lot of them are, turning into plastic... What's your least favorite microplastic? My least favorite mi microplastic uh, is from, uh, have you ever had a, um, a chubby soda? The snow? No. no I <laughs> okay. I've never had a chubby soda. Is they that a brand? It, it is. It's a small soda. comes in a very small bottle. They're sort of stubby and wow. they are notoriously uh, uh, under-recycled and thrown into the oceans. Uh, they're popular with children uh, because they're sort of a smaller size and children are reckless and they're ending up in the oceans and breaking down. And for whatever reason, the chubby soda bottle uh, uses a very dense microplastic, I think, to okay. preserve their flavors. I don't, I don't know. So chubby soda specifically, you have a vendetta against. I I have a change.org petition up right now. Okay. Well, this has been very informative. I think I got, I think I got what I need here. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Kiwi. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll call you back in later. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. How you doing there, Ren? I'm doing good. Amazing. So, um, can you give me your scientist name, please? Yes. Uh, Dr. Rip Rivers. Dr. Rip Rivers. Yeah, Doctor Rip Rivers, short for Ripper. <laughs> I might not use that joke. Just Rip. <laughs> okay, I, I I brought you to use that joke. That's great. Yeah, Ripper. Okay, Ripper. Doctor Rip Rivers. Okay, so we're gonna um, dial everyone back in now, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm then gonna you're explain gonna, to everyone. You're gonna get a chance to explain to everyone for the chance to win a Nobel Prize. Hello. Hello. I'm back. Just reviewing my notes. Mm hmm. <laughs> Can't which wait are hear. very, very scattered. <laughs> sure, it'll be good. I think I took too many notes on jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the science. Well, so we'll, we'll, see. we'll get a chance to uh, to clear it all up. Exactly. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce you all to Dr. Rip Rivers. And, Hello, uh, I'm Dr. Rip Rivers, short for Ripifer. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you all. Pleasure. What's the origin of that name? Ripper, it's just a standard name. Okay. Uh, uh, Doctor Rivers, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm happy. I'm pleased to introduce you to the uh, Nobel Prize in Biology Awarding Committee. Um, okay. Who, uh, you know your compatriots, uh, uh, colleagues in the field, and they are going to today listen to what you have to say about the research you've been doing and make a determination as to whether or not you ought to win the Nobel Prize in Biology. Mm -hmm. So uh, that said, you'll have one minute to explain your research to us, and then uh, the panel will ask you some questions. Are you ready? hundred uh, percent. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Uh, hello, uh, distinguished panel. I think I'll just jump right into it. My name is Dr. Rip Rivers, and I study, uh, you know, to put it in a nutshell, or uh, 
muscle shell. I study um, the effect of microplastics and why they are turning various bivalves into plastic themselves. Uh, bivalves are defined in the scientific community as tubey and goopy animals that are contained within a hard shell. Uh, so anything in the animal kingdom that is tubey and or goopy, so that's goopy, kind of like, you know, we uh, the sensation of goop is in a tube with which they... I. Which was what they use their valves with to eat, <laughs> eat stuff up. Uh, you know, your limpets, your blue muscles. I love the blue muscles myself. Uh, and what I do, I do a bit of a, a sort of abstract thing. I take fleece blankets and I feed them to the, uh, the bivalves who in turn do some pooping. We can still say poop. The goop, the goop does the poop. And I collect that and I analyze it and, and I separate it out because there's, there's, there's normal feces. There's also pseudo feces, which comes out of an organism's mouth, or in this case, a tube, uh, which I'm also interested in. But it's really crazy because all like microplastics are things like that come from soda bottles. The least favorite one, of course, is the chubby soda brand, which I'm very, I, the chubby soda is the worst. Uh. And they eat the microplastics and the fleece blankets and they turn into plastic themselves. So thank you for listening. Wow. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Rivers. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to the panel now. Any, any questions for Dr. Rivers? Yes, I'll take any questions. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just wondering, um, so when they do turn into plastic, um, mm-hmm. do they, do they have a certain like, uh, smell or fun- like function? They taste? smell like plastic like- and you can use them like plastic. Uh, you okay. can, yeah, you can, you can store stuff in them. Uh, I've, con- I've turned a few into Tupperwares myself. <laughs> Oh, so you just fresh. open the muscle up and then close it again? <laughs> well, it takes a little bit of fusing if you have, uh, you know, in shop class, those plastic welder things. You need one of those, but you can really make a, I've made little boxes and trinkets and stuff. But yeah, they smell like plastic, look like plastic, function like plastic. So it's kind of a win-win. And do they, depending on the type of plastic that they come from, do they take on traits of that plastic? Like, for instance, the chubby soda, does it sort of, like, I don't know, have a certain, like, a, a color of a chubby? What is a chubby soda? Let's uh, start there. I, okay, a chubby soda is a brand. It's a brand of soda, much like Coca-Cola <laughs> or um, Fanta. Uh, chubby soda, it's just, it comes in a smaller, chubbier um, container, which is why they call it that. Uh, and what does it taste like? It tastes like co- cola. And they have different flavors. It's just cola. It's a bit sweet. I, w- I wouldn't buy it normally. But it's something about the consistency of their plastic that really is the worst one. It's the the, the biggest offender. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I have a question um, yes. <clears throat> regarding the fleeces that you feed them. Fleece blankets, um, yes. Fleece blankets. Um, are you uh, are you mixing it in with any kind of food, or is it? Do they, are they just eating it raw? No, they're crazy for fleece. Uh, fleece blankets are just the most cost-effective. Mm. Um, there's a big, they're big pieces of fleece. Uh, so I put it down on the seafloor, and they just kind of tube, <laughs> tube on up to it. <laughs> And sort of, you know, one afternoon, <laughs> like if you got 10 strong, determined blue muscles down there, they can go through a couple blankets. Do you think that this could be uh, uh, an avenue of recycling? For fleece, sure. Absolutely. Um, but I think fleece is still a much sought after material, what with fleece plants and fleece um, hats and stuff. So. Yeah, I guess if you had some old fleece lying around, <laughs> sure. But they prefer new fleece, expensive fleece. 
Uh, Dr. Rivers, what are um, what are some of the other uh, bivalves that, that uh, excrete pseudofeces? Oh, limpets for sure. They can't get enough of that. Um, uh, clams um, uh, from uh, New England clams all the way to Old England clams. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I could go on. I, I know so many bivalves. It's crazy. No, do uh, How did you know? How did you know to? F- oh, well, the oh, only yeah, creature in the world that doesn't excrete pseudo feces is the horse. But that's not my. That's not my. I'm not. I'm not a land guy, and horses will not touch fleece blankets. I've tried. <laughs> what made you decide to uh, use a fleece blanket? Like, how did you come up with that? How do you come up with these ideas? It's just a chemical. Um, it just makes sense in the chemical. Uh, side of what fleece is chemically, um, it just it just makes sense chemically. What is fleece okay. chemically? Fleece chemically <laughs> is a little bit of okay. Chemically, it's two parts. It's so it's PQHO, which if you know your periodic tables, P is for potassium, Q is for Quebec. Um, <laughs> so potassium from Quebec? Yeah. No. No. Quebec is an element. So named really? but Quebecium. <laughs> we're adding elements like twenty four seven. Like for those in the know, like there's so many elements. Wow, I think this is so lovely that we're just sitting around the periodic mm-hmm. table and mm-hmm. you're dishing us out all of this information. And that sounds a little bit of sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's just how I sarcasm talk. has no okay. place in science. Okay, and that's what I do. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Rivers. Um, we, we also have uh, Julie Dimitrovich here, who uh, is our original scientist. Do you have any questions for Dr. Rivers? Mm, yes, definitely. So I, I guess I, want, I was thinking, why? Why are you spending your life's research putting blankets, fleece blankets on the floor, getting those mu- muscles to eat them and then turn into little plastic boxes? Uh, because we need to understand... Okay, we need to understand. Okay, oh, oh I got one. Okay, the sea is it's full of plastics, right? And we need to figure out how and why it is affecting from the smallest creatures to the biggest creatures. And this is just my way in to get a little glimpse of that world. Uh, fleece, as you know, has a lot of plastic in it. Uh, P is actually for pla- I should have said plastic in the original <laughs> acronym there. And so basically, we just want to know how we can help heal the ocean in this time of great plastics. One blanket at a time, I suppose. One or two. Yeah, again, 10 strong and determined blue muzzles can go through (laughs) like any number of fleece blankets. (laughs) Well, Dr. Rivers, thank you so much Uh, for your presentation. I'm just peering over everyone else's notes here right now. I I certainly (laughs) I've written down only one thing, which is give the man the prize. Does anyone else uh, think that he should get the Nobel Prize? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Passion is there. Okay. Easy yeah. as that. There you go. Um, it'll be in the mail shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to disinfecting it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I want I want to go back to you now, Julie. Um, what what happened here? How far off are we? What changed? A lot of things. Um, we com- <laughs> I guess we <laughs> we kind of lost a little focus as to why we wanted to do this study in the first place. Um, to understand if mussels were eating plastic and how much. Um, and then and then also how to do an experiment um, in the lab, took it totally out of the lab, put it in the ocean, uh, and then talked about uh, 
animals turning into plastic, um, which I did not observe. I, I must admit that didn't happen. Um, yeah, so I, I would say it's changed quite a, quite a bit. So what was what was the goal of your research to find out very broadly? Um, I just wanted to understand uh, if blue mussels were actually eating plastic and if so, how much plastic were was inside of them and um, thinking about what the effects of that could be. So why is that significant? What what would be the effects of that? Um, well, one, we eat these mussels, um, as I mentioned in the beginning. So uh, we people are quite interested to know how much plastic they would potentially be eating. Um, and it actually turns out that blue mussels, because they are filter feeders, they're actually really good at processing what they eat. So I found very low numbers in a blue mussel, um, like Ooh. less than one piece of plastic per individual. So that's, that's good, good news. Yeah. So you actually you actually consume more plastic that falls out of the air onto your food when you're cooking dinner than if you were to eat a blue mussel. So wow. I always cover up my food um, with a lid now if it's hanging out just for a little while. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good to know. What about water? What if I keep a water glass overnight? Is it just I'm just drinking plastic, plastic. in the morning? Yeah, there's just lots of dust in there. There's going to be little, <laughs> little bits. Um, that's but fair. it's fine. And... Um, and then the other aspect actually is so you can use a muscle to kind of so they because they filter feed, they accumulate um, toxins that are in the water that are like attracted to their fats. And so historically, people use that to kind of assess the quality of water in different locations. And so people are trying to figure out if you can use the blue muscle to do that in terms of uh, for plastics. Oh. So is that like kind of a canary in the coal mine thing? Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's really kind cool. of what I was um, looking at. I have two other really quick little questions. Um, it was mentioned at one point that they are an invasive species. Is that true? Uh, I forgot that. Mytilus edulis is an invasive species. Um, no, I wouldn't say they're invasive. They're not like they hybridized with local species, but then they're kind of common throughout the, all across um like Western and Eastern. Does hybridized mean they like the interbreeding? Yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So with um, the more native species. Sure. And then my other question is uh, clams and limpets were given as other examples of bivalves. Is that correct? Um, no, unfortunately not correct. Uh, half. I'll give you 50%. Um, so clams, clams are bivalves. Bivalve is just two shelled organism. A limpet, mm, one shell. Of course. The so univalve. Okay. Uh, Word of the day. So there are other one gooey. Be. One to be. There's other gooey to be seafood that's not bivalves. Then. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's fantastic. So where do most of the microplastics in the ocean actually come from? Um, so the majority of plastics in the ocean, they come from um, just like mismanaged waste. So a lot of times, um, particularly in developing countries, you can have uh, landfills that are on like coastal environments. So then you can have a lot of waste entering waterways through that or um, pollution entering rivers, which ultimately ends up into the ocean. Um, and then you can have um, like weathered plastics, so plastics that are on the beach um, that are exposed to the waves and then to the sun, they become very brittle. And then the, when the waves hit them, they break apart and then that generates microplastics. So is that mostly from like litter? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So like the shoreline cleanup that the Vancouver Aquarium runs is like a really uh, way, it's a really good way to have a high impact into reducing the amount of microplastics that end up into the ocean. Cool. Amazing. And then I think, th- I think that's all. Yeah, well, that was really fun. So thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Yeah. It was so fun. Great. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm trying to think. I d- didn't think of how to end this show. Does anyone have a plug? Plug, yeah. Does anyone have a plug? Anything they want to plug? Yeah, sure. I think wanna, Tim and I are going to have similar I, plugs. Do, you, you can do a co-plug. <laughs> yeah, similar plugs. Uh, co-plug. <laughs> we are both in a group called Little Mountain Improv, um, and we are we do a show every Tuesday night, and we are continuing to do that virtually. Um, and this month we're doing... Uh, an online acting masterclass, uh, improvised masterclass with, uh, Sean Norman, um, obviously, uh, acting guru, Sean Norman. Um, so it's called the Norman technique and, uh, yeah, we have improvisers from our company and then also kind of across, we're able to pull people from across Canada and the United States and all of our friends from uh, near and far to do it. Yeah, anything to no, add to no. that? We'll, we'll do a new form next month, but we're not sure what it's going to be. It just depends on if it'll be online or it'll probably be online. Um, uh, yeah, so it might be a new form. I don't know when this is going to come out, but it might be something else by the time this comes out. But it'll always be 8.30 p.m. Uh, PST. Uh, and you can look at at Little Improv on Twitter and Instagram and Little Mountain Improv on Facebook. Amazing. Um, Julie, do you have anything to plug? Mm. Um, nothing upcoming, but I guess I would say if you're interested in science or plastics um, and actually work in conservation now in England, um, you can follow me at Julie D and the C on Twitter or Instagram. Nice. That's such a great handle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Thank you everyone so much. This has been a blast. I definitely learned a lot. Okay, thanks a lot. Everyone have uh, have a great rest of your day. Bye. Nice to meet you. Awesome. Thanks guys. Bye friends. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. <clears throat> Thank you for your research. Oh. Thanks for listening. Bye everyone. I'm leaving the meeting. Beep 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 boop 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 boop. Ah. Science Telephone is produced by Jesse Lupini and Lucas Cavanaugh. Our designer is Kelsey Hemphill, and our intro is performed by France Paris. To learn more about the show, this episode's scientist, or the comedians you just heard, visit us on the internet at sciencetelephone.com or on Twitter at SciTelShow. S-C-I-T-E-L Show. End of call.